0: One to the Maiden Voyage, the very first episode of the Sports 563 Podcast. This is your Southeast Iowa sports podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kraussar I'm the play-by-play voice of the Muscatine Muskies and contributor to KWPC AM860 FM 95.1, the voice of Muscatine radio station. And you're probably tuning in listening. What What is this? What did I just turn on? And this is going to be kind of a, a multimedia uh, conglomerate podcast where we'll have uh, sports journalists from the Quad City Times and the Muscatine Journal and guests from around the area to discuss all things Muscatine area and Quad Cities sports, whether it be Wapalo and Louisa Muscatine, Wilton and Durant, Muscatine High School, and their opponents in the Quad City Metro, Cedar Rapids Metro, and surrounding areas. We're going to try to touch a little bit on that, and this is not just going to be a football-based podcast, we're going to talk about other sports as well, but tonight we're going to lean a little bit heavier on the gridiron as we are just, you're listening to this, this, this is dropping on Friday morning of week one of the Iowa high school football season and if you're a Muscatine Muskie that means the Linmar Lions are coming to town and I thought who better to have on as our first guest uh, The uh, our, our friend one of my friends as I broke into this business I actually started out As a caller to this guy's show on KGYM Radio, Scott Unash from Cedar Rapids and CRM Live Sports, uh, one of the many busy broadcasters uh, in Iowa and a guy who does some of the best work covering the Cedar Rapids metro area, Scott Unash. Welcome aboard.
1: Thanks, Joel appreciate it and uh I I'm so honored to be the first guest I mean this is I'm gonna be the answer to a trivia question someday I guess yes, I don't yes. know. <laughs> when we become
0: when we become the largest Southeast Iowa conglomerate sports podcast you will be the trivia question <laughs> on jeopardy who was the first guest and, and and it is true like I was an insurance salesman here in Muscatine who used to listen to Kgym in my afternoon while I was doing office work and I would start to call in And one of my clients was the program director at the radio station in Muscatine. And he would like, listen to my calls in and he's like, you should come be our sub on our sports show. And people can't, you should be our guest host. And that's kind of how I broke back into radio after doing it in college. So I owe it all to you, Scott, you and Mark and Todd and Tyler at the time. And now Alex now.
1: Well, Hey, Hey, it's great to have you back in the media business. And, you know, if you're not on the sideline coaching, doing whatever, then it's great to have you calling in games and and being on the media side of things. It's fun.
0: Yeah, the coaching shingles kind of hung up for a while. I am coaching fifth and sixth grade YSF football. Uh, So I'm just I'm just a lowly rec league offensive line coach now so that's it's <laughs> i just keep my head down and just tell them where to step and who to block and that's kind of it's kind of nice my my oldest is a sixth grader so it's kind of a good way to stay involved with him and his friends so but what was what's not a surprise is us talking sports because it's something that we do back and forth. I'm you probably sick of me dropping into your your DMs on Twitter just talking about random topics. But one of the things that was one of the biggest surprises of the football season last year was the Linmar Lions, a team that really uh, had I think they had won one game to, in in the COVID year, had some coaching turnover, had some roster turnover. But last year just announced their presence with authority with a 63 to 14 victory over the Muscatine Muskies and what turned out to be an outstanding season for the Lions. And I th- think we're going to expect to have a pretty good ball club coming into the newly renovated Muscatine Stadium. Uh, you got to come down and see our new video board. We got the new scoreboard up, it's, it's top of the line. So the, the Lions will be the first team to, to see that. So they'll come to town. What, what can we expect from Lindmar here?
1: Well, it, as far as Lindmar this year is concerned, uh, lost a lot of talent from last year. Uh, you're looking at quarterback, top three receivers, uh, especially a lot as far as the offensive line is concerned. Luke Gaffey was a preferred walk-on uh, for Kirk Ferentz and the Hawkeyes. He's down in Iowa City right now. Um, McKay Jelinek was a terrific all-around athlete, at quarterback, good baseball player. He's uh, a track and field athlete now. Uh, at the college level, uh, was a really, really smart uh, quarterback. His grandpa, uh, pretty good co- uh, coach over at Cedar Rapids Prairie and Craig Jelinek uh, over those years. But uh, uh, it's a Linmar team, though, that I think is to the point now, or at least what Tim Lovell wants to do, is take the foundation and just build upon it because Linmar's had good teams in the past. Uh, and Paul James did some, had some good teams there when he came in to Linmar problem is they've never been able to sustain since the glory years of Greg Brunell uh, winning state championships over Linmar with the M M&M and boys and Mo, uh, Malloy and Mulherron and all them. But that's a little winning, before my time. I, well, <laughs> yeah, trust me. They were really good. They were really good. And, The thing about Linmar is, okay, seven wins last year. And then in the past, it would fall off maybe to two wins, three wins, whatever. They feel they have the talent now to sustain uh, both their sophomore group and their freshman group, big numbers, very good uh, win-loss records, not that it means a whole lot at that level. But uh, that's the next thing that Tim Lovell wants to accomplish. And uh, they do have some good skilled people back. They do have some uh, returning starters back. Um, but probably not as much expected this year as there was a year ago. I think still Think People are still thinking winning season, though, five or six wins and, and certainly a playoff possibility.
0: Well, it certainly helps when you're breaking in maybe a new quarterback to have a back like carter henderson coming back who rushed for almost 1200 yards last season just a minor 7.6 yards per carry for him on the season last year and he impressed us greatly in that in that game last year up in up at linmar
2: yeah
1: and he's bigger this year um he's over 200 pounds now i think they got him listed six foot 200 but i've heard I've heard on the grapevine that he might be a little bit bigger. It's Like that, that 210, 215 range, maybe. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, coaches never, you know, never lie on or anything like that about. Uh, well, that also means he's five ten. He's not really uh, six. Could eight. be. That's a basketball. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but he, and he can also catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, he caught eleven passes last year out of the backfield. Going to be one of the re, uh, leading returning uh, receivers this year for Linmar. But he, it, it all starts with him, and he's going to be the bell cow. He's going to be the workhorse back there. Um, is he going to have the offensive line blocking that he had with Gaffey and the rest of that group a year ago? Because They're going to be bringing in some new people uh, up front. It's not going to be the biggest line, uh, but they're going to be very, very quick. Uh, that's what Tim Lovell is, is preaching this year. It's You're not going to see 290, 285, 275 across the front. They're going to be – I think they're – Biggest guy's about 260, 265 maybe, uh, but they can move. Uh, he likes how they run block, and like you said, Carter Henderson is one of the best 5A backs in the state. Who are we going to
0: see maybe under center for the Lions?
1: Well, last we heard, uh, it was kind of a toss-up still uh, between the two, uh, between Austin v- Waller okay. and Benning. Uh, yeah, TJ Jackson could be in there as well. He played wide receiver last year. And um, it's just, uh, I think they're going to make a decision this week. I haven't been able to get a hold. Of, I've been getting ready for two games myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, we also <laughs> know that coaches aren't really big on returning our calls when we ask those kind of questions this time of year.
1: Yes. Uh, two things who's going to start at quarterback? And are you, uh, you know, how's your injury situation doing?
0: Yeah, it's a few, uh, they favorite don't
1: like questions to, from us. They don't like to talk about that a whole lot, but it's going to be somebody new under center for Lindemar. We know that and going to probably take a little bit to get their feet wet but uh, handing it off carter Henderson's going to be a um, you know job one for whoever it is
0: and it does look like you, like you said they graduated some folks off of the the offensive line and i don't know did did the scrimmage against solon get stormed out last friday night i know our our team's got about two plays in before the, the storms rolled in
1: yeah. I mean, it's just, as far as I know that uh, I believe it did not get played because of the, the lightning. Don't quote me on that. Sure. But, um, I know that Liberty and Jeff did not play at all. And, and Solon is right in that same area. So my guess was, and I think I did see on Twitter that they did not play.
0: So one of the names that popped out on me, cause it looked like he played some significant minutes and snaps last year. Reed wrecker looks like he took a couple snaps under mm-hmm. center. Uh, is that that's is that any relation to to Luke Recker, the former basketball player? Isn't he living in the Cedar
1: Rapids area now? Um, yes and no. I don't believe it is, but I okay. could be wrong about that. Um, usually, if we would know like that it, is is out there, yeah. we would know it. Yep.
0: I just somebody I, would
1: make a big deal of it.
0: My journalistic curiosity uh, sparked, and that's the best thing about a podcast is you can just ask questions. It's not going sure. into it's not going into the newspaper. It's you don't have to get it all fact checked. You can just ask random questions. Like what do you think? Like that. So you've got you said you have two games coming up on your your uh, website and your streaming service, and that's CRM Live. Uh, who do you have Thursday night?
1: Uh, Thursday night, we got uh, the opener with Kennedy and Iowa City West uh, going at it. And then uh, the Cedar River rivalry on Friday night between uh, Washington and Jefferson, which is always uh, interesting. And Jefferson breaking in their new coach, Ed Miles, the former, former Iowa lineup. linebacker.
0: Now, yeah. That's kind of a monumental event, if I remember reading right on Twitter this week. That's the matchup of the first time of two African-American head coaches and uh, those two schools facing off
1: yeah, in in Cedar Rapids football history, uh, as a matter of fact, but yeah, it is. And uh, it's going to be a, a pretty significant night. Of course, Mo Blue uh, played at Cedar Rapids, Washington, played at Coe College, uh, a terrific player in his own right. And he's been at Wash for decades now as Paul James assistant. Yep. And then uh, uh, taking over and now, uh, Ed Miles, in fact, uh, was a former Linmar assistant when Paul James was uh, coaching the Lions. And uh, he is now stepping in to take, uh, take over a pretty monumental task at Jefferson. Uh, they're going to be very, very young. Uh, a lot of freshmen and sophomores are going to be starting for the Jayhawks. But uh, the talent is there at those levels. And the numbers are starting to come up at Jefferson, which is what they need. Because both Wash and Jeff have battled number problems.
0: And high school football in Eastern Iowa kind of also in the spotlight on Friday night as the first ever high school game, or at least the first high school game in a long time, is being played at historic Kinnick Stadium as Iowa City Liberty and Iowa City High will
1: battle for their
0: Zeus-themed trophy. Yeah,
1: (laughs) battle for Zeus. It's the Zeus trophy. I don't have any idea how they came up with Zeus. Well,
0: well, the Liberty Bolts, the whole lightning thing, it just just fit, I guess, is my Eh. guess. But and that Um, that that sounds good as anything (laughs) that feature that there's my spin that features four star uh, linebacker recruit for the city high Ben Keeter, who his best sports, not even football. He's the world champion in in wrestling.
1: Not bad summer for Ben, huh? You you know, you play a little baseball for a pretty darn good baseball team. Go to the state tournament and that going back and forth between wrestling camps. Uh, A few football camps, doing a little bit of football thing. And then, eh, I think I'll go overseas and, you know, wrestle in this world championship thing and, you know, win everything. So not bad summer for Ben Keeter. And
0: beat a a guy who almost made the Olympic team. Like it's, I mean, the best (laughs) of the best. It was, what, 20 and under? Is that what it was, 20 under world? So he was even one of the youngest guys there in the tournament. So exciting times for uh for our area. Cause I think one of the best things, and I know I called in on your show several years ago and was one of the few proponents of this district football that the larger classes in Iowa went to. And it's for this reason. It has now unified these regions. I mean, Muscatine their first two games of the year are against Linmar and Iowa city West. Those are two opponents that I would have loved to have played as a high school student in Muscatine, uh, when I was a senior was the Iowa city West Reese Morgan run Nate Kading senior year and Joe Walker uh, Alex Canellis I think was a junior sophomore or something on one of those teams. I mean, just true powerhouse and I would have loved to have my crack at one of those guys at one of those teams. So it's, it's exciting. I, I think district football has helped. I do think this five a experiment needs to be revisited after this schedule cycle, but have you heard anything in the coaching grapevine because you have some programs in your cedar rapids metro like the aforementioned jefferson that are in a similar position as what muscatine and clinton and i think of the davenport public schools where numbers are down across the board in every activity not just football and are, are we maybe going to find a better way to classify the the, the uh the classes here
1: in iowa well, that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question. Uh, in fact, we had Tom Keating on uh, our our radio show. Mark and I did, and and we kind of asked him that question, and he said pretty uh, you know straightforward that as of right now, uh, they're just going to stick to stick to uh, pure numbers. Uh, it's not going to change as far as socioeconomic situations and things like that, uh, at least for the moment. So and Tom's a straight shooter, and so I my guess is it's going to stay this way. I don't know if they're going to go with five A. I mean, we've heard how many years now that eight players are going to split off into two separate divisions. Well, it's growing so, so
0: quickly. I mean, eight yeah. player. We have I think three schools in our area that were going to play eight player, and one one didn't even wasn't able to even uh, field the team for eight player, and they had to not participate in football this year. So it's just it's it's sad that numbers are affected as, across the board. It's not just football. I mean, I think Chuck Van Heck, our legendary retired AD, he said that it's, the numbers he's heard is 32% across the, all activities in Iowa. The, the participation numbers are down. So that's that's not good.
1: Yeah, it's not. And it's not only boys sports, but maybe even girls sports more. Um, what I'm really worried about is like girls basketball, softball, Uh, Those seem to be the two that are really, uh, really hurting as far as the numbers situation is concerned. And, you know, I hope football is cyclical. Uh, You know, Jefferson is an example. Uh, Like I said, their their younger classes are showing some signs. Uh, Washington now is a landlocked school. So, um, you know, the Warriors are 4A right now in football, and uh, I'm not sure they're ever going to go back up to 5A if, if we stay with uh, this many classes out there. And, you know, you you deal with Assumption, and we deal with Dubuque Waller. Yep. And, well, and we have
0: Central DeWitt as well has yep. joined the Mississippi Athletic Conference. So they're another one that we don't play them in football because of the classification. But they're a real powerhouse in our conference, uh, the the MAC. I mean, I think they won girls' basketball and they were boys' basketball as well. They won conference championships. And the boys went to the state championship game. Uh, I know Central DeWitt's boys did. So it's, it's times they are a change in as far as how these classifications are all going to work. And, I mean, but then you see a school like Regina, that's a Catholic school, that their numbers are growing.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's... You know, then you have communities around the state whose private schools are considering expansion because of their numbers are growing. I mean, I know the Catholic K through eight school here in Muscatine, our numbers are, are growing at that
1: school. So it's
0: it's interesting to see the trends.
1: Yep. It's uh, and it's going to go back and forth a lot because, um, you know, like I said, everything is cyclical. Um, you know, it's just a, just a time that we live in right now. And maybe some of these,
0: some of these kids are going to get these big endorsement deals uh, with NIL and they'll just be able to, to build the schools themselves. They'll be able to just fund their own (laughs) weight room programs. Did you ever think, you know, all I'm not going to age you or show your age too much, but when you broke into this business, X amount of years ago. Do you think we'd ever be having conversations where a kid could be endorsing the local Ford dealership or the Sinclair tractor or the John Deere implement?
1: No. And you know what? The funny story is there was a, I think, I mean, I've been doing this since 1989 and uh, back in the nineties, there was a business that wanted to give out, you know, player of the game, you know, a a shirt. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And, And now uh, a kid can come up with, you know, like you said, the, the local car dealership can you know, say, "Hey, you want to come on here and say, uh, I'm blank, blank, and you know, come over here and and, and buy a car from us." Uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. It's not going to be like college. We know
0: that. No, but I think but, you, but you look at communities like Mount Vernon, where you had Tristan Wirfs a few years ago, our right. community here in Muscatine with Joe Eastcamp a few years ago. Yep. Um, you look at Caden Proctor in the Des Moines metro area, and even players in the Quad Cities, you know, um, Bettendorf basketball player DJ Carton a few years ago. Like there was real earning potential for those guys had this been – in existence, then, so there's going to be players that benefit from it. I mean, Caitlin Clark would have made money in in high school as a girls' basketball player
1: at Dowling, no doubt, no doubt. And as long, I mean, I think that the Iowa High School Athletic Association did a really good job of of laying out, staying in front of it, laying out what you know you can do, what you can't do, um, you know, just putting all that out. Um, it's not you're not going to get rich from doing it. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be more than a handful of student athletes that even can do it. Uh, But it's going to be interesting to see who the first one is and it's going to come down quickly. I'm sure of that. Um, And, you know, it's, it's going to be a, it's a very interesting day and age that we live in. Um, You know, and Iowa is certainly not the, the only state to do this. I mean, there have been, what, 20 others or something like that. So um, it's, well, it's coming.
0: And that was a point from uh, one of the activity directors that I was talking to is that if we didn't have at least some guidance on it, you, we would have student-athletes leaving Iowa especially on the border states and go because Illinois, they have NIL for high school athletes in Illinois. So you have all these student athletes in the quad cities area where we live, you know, up and down the river that would have, if they saw that as a benefit and saw that as an opportunity for them, there's a chance that you could lose those student athletes to a different state. So I, I agree. I think the state actually, I have my criticisms. It took 15 years mm-hmm. to get a shot clock and uh, we finally are getting it in basketball, but they were out ahead of, on this one. And even though it's controversial and I think it bothers a lot of people, the way that the the Supreme court ruled a few years ago with their language, they're really kind of tied the hands of States as far as what they could actually
1: legally enforce. Yeah, very true. Very true. And Hey, good to see Illinois getting the shot clock now for uh, I read that Are today, they? as a matter of fact. Yeah, for um, in-season tournaments and some exhibition games, they're gonna well, consider, they're gonna try the shot clock.
0: That state <laughs> is so unique, and I know you know that uh, from. But you know, we would get a chance to play over there in tournaments, and the big highlight was they didn't have the seatbelt rule when we when I was growing up, so the coaches could stand up and actually move around the sideline. But you know you see these teams from the Chicago area. I mean, they don't need a shot clock. They're running and those ball. That ball is moving and they're getting, they're getting a shot up every three or four seconds or or 15 seconds. But then it's like watching Hoosiers with some of these smaller (laughs) schools where it's, you got to pass the ball nine times, uh, we have a school in the Mississippi Athletic Conference.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that uh,
0: I actually—I'm pretty sure I'm on the dartboards of many of their their fans. Because when we call their games, uh, I'm highly critical of their philosophy. Um, I'm not—I don't want pulling punches. It's the Pleasant Valley Spartans. They hate hey, me. Do they wear blue and silver. Oh my gosh, they don't like me. <laughs> uh, that you know, there's a big rivalry in many sports with Muscatine and Pleasant Valley, and largely it has to do with the, the styles of play. Um, and it's, we're so happy to have the shot clock. I just wish we had had it five years ago when our San Antonio spur was, was I mean, he still beat him. I think every game of his career, but it was, it, it, I don't think it would have been as close as it could have been. If uh, they had had to shoot the ball every 60, every 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. I think the bigger question is going to be over or under how many shot clock, uh, Malfunctions will, will there be in each game early on?
0: I think we're going to see. I think we're going to be okay because the clock operators are used to it now with the play clock that they put in a few years ago right. for football. So there's at least some of the mechanics are the same. And I've been told so. One of my one of my college buddies is pretty high up at Dactronics. And he said that they've made these shot clocks almost idiot-proof, as far as these these more modern scoreboards. So I think as long as the schools have upgraded their scoreboards, we're all going to be okay.
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm looking forward. South to South Dakota's it. had
0: the shot clock for like eight years, so I mean, oh yeah. If we're if I, I love South Dakota, but our infrastructure is a lot bigger, and so we should we should have been able to handle it, but. We'll we'll talk, we'll bring you on more when we get to basketball season and we can wax poetically about the shot clocks some more. But it's football season. I know it's a busy time of year for all of us, and uh, I appreciate your time. What's your pred- what's your prediction for who's going to be the surprise team out of the Cedar Rapids Metro area uh, this year?
1: Oh boy. Um, well, I mean Xavier's Xavier. Yep. Xavier is going to be you know one of the top four in Class Four A. Wash is going to surprise some people, I think, in 4A. I've heard that. Uh, this year.
0: My my cousin's daughter is a standout tennis and golfer at Washington, and he was telling me that their football team's got some real potential this year.
1: Yeah, they're going to be pretty good. And uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, Kennedy uh, is uh, is going to be really good defensively. They got some real, uh, real horses back. Um, but they lost, of course, their running back went to Ankeny. Uh, lost a quarterback, uh, lost a lot of talent as far as the offensive side of the football is concerned. So we'll see. I think Cougars will be fine. Um, Prairie's going to be very good, very very good. You talk about a college line. Prairie's line is going to average about two eighty five. Oh wow! Uh, across the front, uh, big big offensive line. <laughs> that's that, that is huge. That's south
0: that's southeast. Polk Dowling type type lines yeah well yeah. so you got to see him connor colby the iowa who's it sounds like he's going to start at right tackle for the hawks this year you know he was one of those four-star kids that no one had really talked about and you got to see him a lot in high school what to the hawkeye fans that are listening who maybe weren't sure about a guard it's it's hard to it's hard to evaluate a guard when you're sitting there watching the ball in the stands or on TV. What well, what did you see from him in high school that should excite Iowa fans?
1: The motor, because uh, I mean you would like this, you would appreciate this. Uh, no, I, there were weren't too many kids that went from snap of the ball to the last toot audible toot of the whistle. <laughs> He's a finisher as much as as much as Connor Colby did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and not in a bad way. I'm not no, saying he's that not dirty. It's it's like Linder, no. It's like Linderbaum. I mean, Linderbaum yeah, finishes. You, you're going to go until they you that whistle is done, and that's what he did, and that's what really impressed me the whole time that he was at Kennedy. And uh, he's going to be a terrific, terrific. Tackle uh, for for the Hawkeyes, and he's got a chance to be basically a four year starter if he stays four years. I mean, I'm, yeah. I hate to do that. to a No, kid.
0: I, I think that that's a realistic thing to talk about. You know, i i I'm on record of saying that I think Caden Proctor is Jonathan Ogden level talent. So if he stays healthy, mm-hmm. there's no reason that he should be in Iowa City for th- for four years. You know, there's no. no reason. I mean, honestly, if you're recruiting kids, it should be. That they leave after three years. That they're that good. That they move on and they get paid. So, yep. especially because these kids are graduating in three years anyway, because they're on campus so much, they're able to take extra classes. I think that's a that's something that the average fan doesn't always remember is that they actually graduate in three years. Division one athletes sure. do, especially. Yeah, you get, I mean
1: Xavier Wampa was there in for winter yeah. semester
0: well and a lot of these kids are getting associates degrees while they're in high school so they're actually coming into college two years ahead academically so it's it, it's it's a business now and so make money when you can <laughs> it's like your your body only is, is worth so much for such a period of time well i have taken too much of your time but we may call on you again as we Navigate through the the CIML uh, in basketball season and throughout this football season. Like I mentioned, Iowa City West will be will be at Iowa City West next week. Uh, I know your partner, Mark Dukes, on your radio show. You can listen to Scott and Mark between 3 and 4 p.m. on AM 1600, which you can get here on your radio dial in Muscatine, uh, KGYM. They cover all things high school sports. Uh, and Mark always talks about Co College, too, because he had to go there. So he loves Coe. Um, <laughs> but no, Duker's, Duker's a great guy. He's been on with us in pregame shows. But Coach Staker at Co. His brother Cody uh, lives here in Muscatine, and his kids oh, okay. uh, go here. And I actually coached some some YSF football with Cody last year. And so we've got that Co connection, and they've had several Wilton players. And one of our current Muscatine Muskies uh, is playing uh, C- Cooper Zeck, plays tight end for the Cohawks, So. Just remember though, if you're gonna talk about small college football in the state of Iowa, you got to talk about the one good program, and that's yeah. that's Morningside College. So you're defending <laughs> NAIA the national champs. So. I knew you were going to get that. Oh, I get more excited (laughs) every plug. I will always plug my alma mater. That is, I get it in on every broadcast. My partner, Ben Ditzel, rolls his eyes every time I do it. But uh, we're excited again this year because they'll just win another one. So, oh, sure. uh, They'll be right there. Roll roll side. That's what we say. We're just like Alabama now. Roll side. So, (laughs) uh, Scott, I always appreciate it. And uh, thanks for being our first guest ever on the Sports 563 podcast.
1: Well, hey, call anytime. Appreciate it. And uh, it was a great honor. Great honor to do it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Scott. And
0: welcome back to Sports 563, your local podcast for local sports here in the greater Southeast Iowa Quad Cities, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area. I'm Joel Krausaw, your host. Again, huge thank you to Scott Unash from KGYM and CRM Live in Cedar Rapids for joining us and talking about the Lindmar Lions, who will be Muscatine's first opponent, uh, Tonight, this airs Friday morning. So tonight, uh, the Muskies will host Lenmar. But it's been a busy week for uh area sports and area activities, not just football, as we're in kind of the first week of school this year this uh, year. and the voice you're gonna hear next is Ryan Timmerman from the Muscatine Journal. And Ryan's gonna be riding co-pilot on this podcast for the duration he'll be here probably most weeks we'll have some other guests popping in and out Matt Cost the sports editor of the Quad City Times uh, will be a part of this podcast as well as some other voices in sports journalism throughout the region but Ryan you you're hit the ground running this is busy time of year for you you've got volleyball cross-country golf all that stuff going on well, what went on in Muscatine in this whole area with like Wild and L&M this week
2: um, yeah, uh, first of all, good to be here. Um uh Muscatine volleyball got off to got their season started um two and one. Uh lost a Mac opener against North Scott, but otherwise a lot of area schools um are gonna gear up here in the coming days. Um so um looking forward to that. Uh, I saw West Liberty's ranked pretty high again. Um I know the big loss was Macy but Uh, a lot of excitement there and and some other areas as well
0: we'll talk about west liberty a little bit later in this podcast about some other news that came out for them today but (laughs) you mentioned west liberty uh, excuse me muscatine volleyball you know new head coach bailey lukavsky in her first uh, duels uh, as the muscatine head coach the team seemed to really respond uh, with with the new coaching staff
2: yeah, um everything's been seeming to go smoothly. And, and I think the, the big thing was just um just another year of experience. They they had uh they were really young in a lot of key spots and um just kind of across the board. Uh this year's junior class has had to carry a lot of a lot of the load across a lot of sports. And there, there's a lot of um all-around athletes in that class. And and so them being uh, upperclassmen now. Uh, I think they're kind of more ready to to be leaders and carry some weight, and so uh, and so I think that's all part of it too.
0: So that kind of of the way we have girls swimming getting ready to get underway. Not all of these sports have have started their first competitions yet, um, right? But golf has been underway. I mean, you've been kind of following the golf season.
2: Yep, yep. Um, tough year for for the Muskies. Uh, uh, Mike Henderson's been leading the way. Um, he's a good golfer, but uh just a lot of newcomers. Uh, I know when when I was there for the season preview, they said Sam member had picked up golf about three months before that. So steep learning curve there. Um, but but he's been contributing towards team score. So um, you know, I think uh I think at some point they'll kind of round into round into form and and hopefully maybe um make some noise when the um, Mac championships come around and stuff
0: like that. It's always interesting to see, you know, that's a sport where some people will pick up in high school, and you, you mentioned a guy like Sam Emert, who we've seen him on the basketball floor, we've seen him on the tennis court, you know, we've seen him in some other competitive environments, and just a really talented athlete, so I'm not surprised that he's picked up that game pretty quickly. Uh, it's just fun to watch some of these kids try something new and, and figure it out.
2: Yeah, for sure, uh, and I think there's some other kids too that are trying it out for the first time. But uh, again, I think it's um, to they're they're kind of in the position where the volleyball team was last year, where they're just kind of um, matter of feeling it out this year and hopefully uh, turn turn the failures of this year into successes down the road.
0: And I know that the Muskie volleyball team is at Cedar Rapids, Washington tonight. Uh, and we've got football at home uh, tomorrow. Or I guess we're recording this on Thursday night. So if I screw up my context clues, I'm sorry, folks. It's, I'm trying to, to broadcast into the future. The Muskies will host Linmar, and You just uh, logged your article yesterday or Wednesday about your, your Muscatine season preview. Uh, what can our fans look for uh, with the Muskies here in the 563 area?
2: Um, well, I think they're gonna again sim- similar similar lines with other teams we've talked about. Is um, took took a lot of lumps um, last year, but uh, I, I really they they have a, a clearer view of, of who they are this year and um, played a lot of younger kids last season and um, and, and kind of. Uh, are ready to ready to take a, the next step forward and, and progress um, uh, as they kind of mature as student athletes.
0: Well, and unfortunately, last year we saw Landon Batty show some promise at the quarterback position early on in the season, and then suffer a pretty significant injury and not get to play the rest of the year um, toward, until towards the end of the very end of the season. Um, Landon's back and healthy and. It'll be interesting to see how this Muskie rushing attack, which I think could be pretty skilled. Ty Kozad, the uh, junior running back, I know is is raising some eyebrows uh, on the camp circuit this summer. Uh, ran a hand timed 4 3 4, 40 yard dash at the Muskie fall combine at the end of the fall camp. So he, I know he's turned some heads and he's a five sport athlete. That's, that's really attractive. And we'll just see how durable uh, Ty can be in the back backfield.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um it, it's a, lot of, a lot of excitement there. And just kind of the, the matter of um filling out a line and, and clearing some pathways in front of them Uh uh and then um he, he's a factor on defense too as linebacker and it just uh another kid that's kind of really figuring it out and um and kind of using everything. Uh, Meant a lot to him. Meant a lot to him to uh, make it to state track last season. Led the led the soccer team in scoring, uh, stuff like that. Um, played baseball and just just kind of takes um, takes a little bit of everything from every sport, but also um, football is his bread bread and butter. So he, I'm sure he's happy to. Uh,
0: yeah, it could be a really fun Friday night tomorrow night with Carter Henderson, the 1200 yard rusher for Linmar, returning, and Ty Kozad, the leading rusher for the Muskies, returning. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch those two backs battle side by side. Another couple names you might want to keep an eye on. Uh, you know me, I'm a lineman. I like to always look for the lineman. Evan Frankie came on last year yeah. a little bit as an offensive lineman and mm-hmm. had a fantastic year uh, wrestling for the muskies and has had a really good summer on the mat as a wrestler too and we'll be interested to see how evan uh transitions some of that those wrestling skills uh, i know he went to fargo this year and we'll see how that yep. goes on the football field
2: yeah definitely uh love love kind of the, that wrestling um mentality into how it translates to football um and, and yeah you, you mentioned it, a lot of success uh last year wrestling into this year into the offseason Um, and, uh, I don't know, maybe not, maybe a little undersized for your, uh, what you'd want for a huge lineman or whatever, but, but just makes up for it with a lot of grit and stuff like that, that comes from that wrestling background.
0: And some other skill guys that we saw uh, really start to emerge. Paul Henry playing again this year. Luke Hardy had a fantastic year last year as a wide receiver. Uh, just a hard nosed kid. Played some good defensive back as well. Mm-hmm. And then Diamond Crahey out for football this year. Uh, Diamond, we saw him in the basket on the basketball court. Uh, excited to see him. And Daniel Adams is another player who can who can stretch the field, but also can run the ball and plays really good defense.
2: Yeah, like, and between them, a lot of a lot of length and just yeah, overall athleticism and and uh, uh, a lot of a lot of ability to to go get the ball at the highest point, whether it's on offense or defense.
0: And then a lot of those sophomores who played up last year, we'll see if they cash in on some of the, that experience, you know, guys like Zach Stolz, who's actually Zach's a senior. Um, but there were lots of those juniors there, the, the guy, this current junior class who played a lot of snaps last year, a sophomore, as you mentioned. In a, lot of in, a lot of injuries
2: forced, uh, you know, there's there's seniors that it's kind of their first go around because of injuries or whatever. And, uh, and stuff like that. It's kind of, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but, um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a much better product than it was last year.
0: You know, I'm also intrigued in the special teams game. You know, myself, I'm a former special teams coordinator. Um, that was my role at Wilton High School for a few years and such an important aspect of the game and jackson othmer now out for football after not playing uh he's a kicking and punting specialist jackson is a standout soccer player for the muskies uh be interesting to see if he can affect uh the game from the kicking game side
2: yep um they they, yeah and uh um, it'll be really exciting to see what he can do kicking, and, and they've had some they had some big plays in the return game last year too. Uh, Mason Crabtree had a big return; uh, he's graduated, but Braden Lane had another one, I, I believe, um, that was a kick return or something yeah. that yeah. Uh, something like that. But but um, big playability of um, and it just goes to show that uh, just kind of a matter of getting the right guys the uh, ball in space. Um, you know, on, on kick returns are kind of by themselves, so. Um, they they have guys that that can make plays given the, the space and um, and uh, surrounding um, infrastructure I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Friday Night Lights here in Muscatine and see that brand-new, beautiful scoreboard that's finally up and going uh, in our new stadium Uh, as the Muskies open up at home against Lindmar. You can listen to the game live on KWPC AM 860, FM 95.1. I will be calling the game, doing play-by-play with my partner, former Muskie head sophomore coach and varsity assistant, Ben Nitzel. Uh, We're coming back to where we all began at the radio station. Looking forward to, to bringing you that that quality local coverage tonight. Um uh, we, we just talk about like the biggest local news story that's going to be one of the things we're going to try to talk about here on this brand new sports 563 podcast we're going to commit to trying to do these episodes once a week drop them on Friday mornings for y'all to listen to on Friday and get you jazzed up for your weekend of of high school sports but probably the biggest local sports news you know it probably was going to be Joe Wieskamp signing his uh, new contract with the San Antonio Spurs but then and at the prep level, huge news coming down today. Uh, West Liberty hired uh, one of the Jones sisters as the new head girls basketball coach several weeks ago. Kind of flew under the radar. That's a monumental hire for West Liberty. Uh, but the, the biggest uh, factor was Kelsey Jones, the senior at Iowa City High, the younger sister of Ashley, who's the leading scorer at Iowa State and one of the top Division One college basketball players in the country. Ashley gets a waiver. She's leaving City High, who's perennial powerhouse, and she's joining the West Liberty team to play for her sister her senior year. And I gotta say that probably makes them one of the favorites to win the whole dog gone thing this year at, at class three A. Yep.
2: Um yeah, uh they uh West Liberty has it's it's fun to see um girls wrestling take off in West Liberty. It's a shame that they kind of have to steal back and forth from basketball that both during the winter. But um, but they've really um that entire high school you can just tell that it's it's a wrestling community. They built um, their identity kind of on their wrestling program and built from there that, that leads into football and all of that. But, uh, but now that girls wrestling is really taking off um, that, that mindset is, is present on the girls side too. And that goes into other sports. Sure. And um, so, but so, so it, it's going to be fun to watch that combination with kind of the, the polish and finesse that, that uh, that um, Kelsey Jones has. Uh, I saw her, they eliminated Muscatine from the playoffs last year. Was there covering cover in that game? She scored her 1,000th point and I think like 300th rebound in that game. Um, and just a really great talent. And so to surround that with, with everything that West Liberty has.
0: And I believe she's also committed to Iowa State to play. Yep. And yep. she, I mean, she's one of the top players in the region not just in the state of Iowa like in the entire midwest and and she's she's outstanding and so that that's a huge get and i know that there was some controversy let, let kids play for their family like if, if your sibling yeah. goes to be a head coach and it's not you know three hours away and heck even if it is you're living with your sister you know in, in that situation mm-hmm. i don't know why we get so worked up yeah yeah, but... yeah probably but you know what they're they, it's their family it's not like it's their best friends next door neighbor that she's going to play for it's her big sister
2: but well, yeah i'll uh I'll take. They have the. They've started a really great team when they can. Um, when they can surround her with however many halls they have left there, however many hall sisters are still there and uh, have eligibility left. So um, there's four fifths to a, to a good team for is already there.
0: Well, that's going to take us to our first break. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with more Sports Five Six Three podcast. Let's admit it everyone, it's tailgate season. Let's get out, get our grills fired up, our smokers rolling, it's rib time. It's wings time, it's brisket time, it's football time. Wrap some jalapenos and some bacon and be the most popular person on your block. And your home for all things grilling is Midwest Grilling Supplies in Muscatine and Davenport. Or you can visit them at MidwestGrillingsupplies.com. They are your home for all things grilling. Your smokers, your grills, your charcoal, your pellet, your wood fire pizza oven. You need that custom kitchen built? They can take care of that for you too. All at Midwest Grilling Supplies. Visit them at 1108 Grandview Avenue in Muscatine or at 1010 East Kimberly Road in Davenport. And also you can shop online at MidwestGrillingSupplies.com. I've got my Green Mountain Pellet Grill from Midwest Grilling Supplies. A few years ago, it is my go-to thing for the weekend. I am the biggest home cook you'll ever find. It's one of my biggest hobbies. All of the folks down at Midwest Grilling Supplies, they hook me up. They take care of me. They give me what I need. If I need to repair something... They've got parts. If I need a new rub I want to try, they've got those. They have all sorts of seasonings for your meat and your produce that you can cook on the grill. You need a new meat thermometer, they've got that too. Literally anything I need for my tailgate parties, for my grilling, any size smoker you could dream of, they've got it there. And I'm a big fan of the wood fire pizza ovens. I've got one. My family loves it. I'm a hero for my children. Cause I'm a good cook but I'm not that good I just shop at Midwest Grilling Supplies so get to MidwestGrillingSupplies.com and get your grill on. 3 I'm Joel Krausar, along with Ryan Timmerman of the Muscatine Journal your home for local southeast Iowa focused sports talk it's Friday night first week of Iowa high school football we had week zero last week I understand that some teams played but this is really the first official week of the fall the Muskies will host Linmar tonight we kind of already talked about that but just up the road uh in Durant they'll make a trip And are they heading to Sigourney is that right Matt uh Ryan
2: yes they are on the road
0: so, I don't think Sigourney runs the spinner back anymore. Um, hands I don't down. know
2: for sure, but I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I don't think they do. I remember it was, I read an article, I think, last year that they went away from it. But still, such a rich football tradition for the Cobras over there in Sigourney-Kyota. Sigourney, um, last season, they had, I think, a pretty solid season. But Durant, folks, if you're just one of those casual high school sports fans, who likes to travel around, you know, Friday nights and just watch different teams play. Find your way to a Durant Wildcat game uh, this year and, and next year. Uh, or excuse me, this year. Uh, they've got a senior running back linebacker named Nolan DeLong, who is one of the best players in the state of Iowa. I know that he, it's, it's undetermined what his collegiate path is going to be at this point. Uh, he's one, about 195 pounds. Uh, I, th- I think that there's some question as to whether he's a running back or a linebacker uh, moving on. But I've called a couple of their playoff games, and he is one of the best players I've seen in a while.
2: Yep, you know, just uh, so explosive. And um, uh, just a little bit of context for, for this game. Um, played first game of the season last year at Durant, and it was 23-20 um Sigourney won, one and then um and then they met up in the playoffs and uh Durant was on the wrong side of a 34 to eight outcome. But um but you know has shown the ability that they can play with them maybe and um and that would it's a really tough um early schedule here for Durant. But um but yeah like you said they got uh They have elite talent in Nolan
0: DeLong. Yeah, he's a guy who can go to the house at any point when he has the ball in his hands. And he's an eraser on the on the defensive side of the ball. He's not. I coached against James Morris when he was in high school at at Solon, the former Iowa uh, All Big Ten linebacker who had a cup of coffee in the NFL. I'm not comparing the two players because they're physically just different. Uh, James was 225 pounds and the fastest guy on the field. Nolan's about the same height, but he's about 30 pounds lighter. But he has a similar impact in the game in that he doesn't just score for Durant. Uh, their offense is very good, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. But on the defensive side, he literally runs sideline to sideline and just tackles everything that moves. He's one of the better linebackers I've seen. I've talked to a couple college coaches at the smaller levels. Uh, I've got some connections at the Division II and NAIA level um, and the FCS level as well. And I think a lot of coaches see him as an all conference, all American, uh, FCS, Division II, NAIA linebacker. I think that's where a lot of college coaches project him, but uh, I could see where he could run the ball too at the next level. It's just, it'll be interesting to see how his, his recruitment finishes up here and how his senior season finishes up.
2: Yep, might be kind of up to him whether, how he kind of envisions his role at the next level. I know he's gotten some some division one attention, um, big 10 attention. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I
0: believe he's his family. They're big Nebraska fans. And I think that there's some some preferred walk-on discussions with some of the Big Ten schools um, and and Big 12 schools. I I know he's visited Iowa State at some camps. Um, Again, we're not a recruiting podcast, but... Uh, I, I think there's real potential to see him at the next level, even at the highest level. Uh, but it just may start out as a walk on, kind of like a Jake Gervas, you know, a Jack Kerner, the, the stories that we see at both Iowa State and Iowa all the time, where these players walk on and, and find their way to the field. That's, yeah, so, that, so. that takes us to a sleeper big rivalry in our area Louisa Muscatine, the LM Falcons, and the Columbus Wildcats i'm not sure there's two teams that don't like each other more in the state than these two teams
2: um possible i it, they're, it, it would be up there i think right down the road from each other um, and mean that's what high school sports are all about just the down the road rivalries
0: and i don't know a lot about either one of these teams this year i'm just i'll be totally honest i i, I haven't followed uh, those I'll, I'll make sure I bone up for next week after we kind of get our first sample size, but really it doesn't matter. Whatever the paper looks like this game is always competitive because again, it's a rivalry game and anything can happen.
2: Yep. Um of Muscatine has, has some really tough kids, some wrestlers. Again, we kind of mentioned the, the wrestling um, football crossover before, but, uh, but Columbus has a kid, kid, kid in Caden Amagon that, uh, um, is another kid from the area that um could could be a contributor at the next level at the next level um you know had uh i believe he had over a thousand yards rushing last year and um just really electric offense and defense state qualifier tracks too um really kind of has really come in, come into his own uh, as an athlete
0: well, that would be a fun one to keep our keep our eyes on. As well, and then just up the road at Wilton High School, the Beavers will host the Tipton Tigers. Another pretty, pretty involved rivalry. Uh, that's that's always a fun one. I coached at Wilton for five years. Um, uh, Tipton is. It, it, people get excited when Tipton comes into town. Coach. Go um, No, Coach Hetzler's always got his guys ready to go. I know their JV had a tough. Uh, task Thursday night, they had to play Iowa City Liberty. Uh, oh, yeah. And I mean, tonight in, in Kinnick Stadium, Liberty and Iowa City West's varsity teams will battle, but due to a, a cancellation or whatever, uh, Wilton and Liberty's JV teams play tonight. And I don't think it went very well for the Beavers. They're hoping that their varsity can rebound against the Tigers tomorrow.
2: Yep. Uh, Wilton we'll had kind of a Tough, to, they caught the wrong end of a tough break uh, last year. Had winning record, but missed the playoffs. Just um, you know, had some dropped some winnable games in district play, and it kind of cost them.
0: And they've got some young talent again. That's that's a, it's a school that kind of always has guys ready to go. You know, they've got another Brisker, who's a freshman, Gabe Brisker. So that's I don't know how much he'll contribute. Uh, right away, but that's a name that, that seems like they've had seventeen briskers go through through Wilton. <laughs> and, then, <Yep>. uh, <laughs> and,
2: and they have um they're all like like the most of their upper weights from wrestling make up their offensive and defensive lines. Uh Alex Kaufman, um Terrell Hughes, uh Aiden Hewitt, um, a lot of those kids, a lot of those wrestling kids have the um uh, have a mean streak in them from wrestling that, that uh, carries over.
0: And I think that's one thing you find with Louisa Muscatine, with Columbus and, you know, with Muscatine too, that that wrestling culture is changing West Liberty and Wilton. I mean, wrestling is the real deal in Muscatine County and Louisa mm-hmm. County. Like it's, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. these are some of the better guys in the state. And uh, you see them on the football field. Excel. So we're looking forward to seeing what happens with the Tipton game. Uh, Tipton's superintendent, Jason Wester, a Muscatine wrestler, standout wrestler, in Muscatine. Uh, always his, his wife teaches fourth grade with my wife uh, who teaches second grade. So always a shout out to, to Mr. Wester. Cause actually I th- I'm sure he'll listen to this. Uh, and then that's going to kind of wrap up our, our local uh, slate. But tomorrow I get kind of mentioned it. Or excuse me, tonight, City High and West in Kinnick Stadium, or City High and Link at Liberty in, in Kinnick Stadium. That's Scott, you Nash and I talked about it a little bit. That's going to be one I'm going to kind of keep my eye on just because I'm just how cool would that be to get to play a high school game in, in a Division I stadium like that?
2: Yeah, that's uh, it's a dream come true. When I, I grew up in Wisconsin and got to play Camp Randall as a senior, and it just it's just so great to get to play in a college stadium and just even um, being able to walk through the tunnels and just get get to experience that as a, as a prep athlete. Is super cool.
0: I guess as a Badger or someone who grows up in Wisconsin, that is a dream come true. I have friends who played for the Hawkeyes who said that was the scariest tunnel to walk through because of the batteries <laughs> and the beer cans and the, the yeah. rotten, spoiled meat that was getting thrown at them. So
2: Yeah. Well, I've sat uh, as a home fan and been scared in that stadium too because during Jump Around, that upper deck, it rocks, and it is, is a little scary to be up there sometimes. It does. I'm not used to having cement move underneath.
0: Me. <laughs> yeah, me either. It's it's intense, but it's awesome. I, I'm looking forward, yeah. hopefully, to getting my kids up there soon. I haven't been to Camp Randall for, man, 22 years, so I, I need to get back. Uh, so there are some Big Ten games uh, slotted for this weekend, and we'll talk about them a little bit at the end. We're going to wrap up our, our podcast with some – we're going to talk about some betting lines and, again, gamble responsibly. We're not saying you should go out and bet money. We just want to talk about it because it's fun for us to talk about. But college football season gets underway uh, coming up. But what are some things – what are some of your things you're looking forward as covering high school sports in our area coming up the season? Are there any weekend weekends or games you've got circled uh, as we as we look at the overview of the season?
2: Um, coming up next weekend um, is Muscatine host, uh volleyball invitational and um, home swimming meet. Um, so that'll be kind of a lot going on at once, but West Liberty's going to be at part of the, the volleyball. And uh, so that'll be exciting. First look at them um, under this, uh, um, you know, new season. And, uh, and so that's kind of short term. Um, otherwise seeing what uh, some other area teams can do. Um, walk a volleyball. One conference last year went undefeated at their conference in uh, uh, Southeast Iowa super conference north and but lost a lot so um super interesting they're off to like a 2 and one start i think so that's kind of interesting um they have columbus on thursday so wait i think i'm planning on going to that so will be there to cover that
0: i think that's the thing that people don't realize i i covered sports at a far less uh frantic pace is what your job requires you guys are everywhere it is nuts all the different places you're, you're going and uh, that's why I, I think a podcast like this is so good for us is to kind of condense all of these student athletes uh, and give them some pub in our area because it's, it's so much more than just the football teams uh, there's so much going on so I'm so happy you're here to tell us all about it I think that's that is a blast but I think to wrap up I think let's talk. Let's talk our college football this weekend. NFL is still in preseason, so here's a disclaimer: if you're someone who likes to gamble on NFL preseason games, please go wherever you need to go to talk about a gambling addiction, because you are just throwing your money away. There is no way to predict an NFL preseason game, and it's don't don't bet on those. Those are just fools errand.
2: Can you believe that some people do that? No, um, that just is way over my head to, to be uh, get to that level.
0: Again, we're gonna go through some games coming up because there is a pretty robust college football, Division One college football slate for this upcoming weekend. We these lines were from the Elite Sports Book as of August twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Again. We are not endorsing gambling. We are not telling you to go out and gamble. We're just going to talk about what what the odds makers think about a couple of the games that are on the docket. Uh, I'm gonna we'll finish with the Big Ten games. Uh, right after I put this on the Google Doc, uh, Ryan, UConn versus Utah State was taken off the board. You can no okay. longer you can no longer bet on. Our, Against arguably one of the worst college football teams in history, yeah, I,
2: that was one of the five I wrote down <laughs> as a pick. I was gonna, was gonna take Utah State and roll with it, but, uh, you, but yeah, I was taken off the board. So get
0: Utah State was is a was a twenty-seven and a half point favorite over UConn, who was at the risk of just shutting their whole football program down last season. Uh, like just taking it off the board, saying we're no longer going to have football. Here's a trivia question for you, Ryan. What Big Ten football coach played linebacker at the University of Connecticut?
2: Um, No idea.
0: Kirk Ferentz. Okay. Kirk Ferentz is a right. University of Connecticut alumni. That's where he he was a backup linebacker and got his degree in English education from the University of Connecticut. So they're terrible, and you can't bet on it. So. We'll we'll take that one off because after I put it on our list, it got taken off the board. Here's one. This is this might be the best game of the of the weekend as far as competitiveness goes. The big green, mean green of North Texas against the University of Texas El Paso Miners. North Texas a one point favorite as of seven o'clock tonight over
2: No Um And it's Uh, almost, it's almost
0: a pick them on the money line. So.
2: Yep, yep. Um, I believe UTEP is home. Yeah. UTEP is home. Yep, So I'll take, I'll take the point. I'll take the home team's point. I am not going to pretend to know anything about either team. I'll just sign me up for the point for the home team.
0: See, that one just feels like you actually should, we should take the over. The over under is 54 and a half. Yeah. And I think they're both high powered offenses. So I think maybe the, if you're going to put any, we'll say, like a unit of, of wager on that, I would maybe put it on the over.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree.
0: All right, so we'll, we'll put a little tick mark there on the over. <laughs> and then Nevada and New Mexico State. Now, if you're an Iowa fan, this might be a fun one to, f- to fire up and, and watch if it's on TV because Nevada is the week three opponent of the Hawkeyes. They, they will come to Kinnick Stadium for a night game, and they're a nine-point favorite over the Aggies of New Mexico State.
2: Um, yeah, I, I guess um... – Again, kind of not going to really pretend to know
0: much about either team, but um, I guess maybe sign me up for for Nevada Moneyline. How about Moneyline? Go Nevada Moneyline. Okay, Nevada Moneyline. I I, I think I might take the Aggies at the plus nine. I feel like they could maybe pull that one off. That might be my upset special of the weekend. All right. Yeah, I I'm not. Gonna, I'm like you. I'm not going to pretend that I've seen or know anything about either one of these teams. Like I, it used to be probably 15 years ago. I could tell you the quarterback or at least the head coach of every team in BCS. You know, and and some of these smaller mid majors, but three kids. That was the limit. Three kids made it no longer possible for me to have the bandwidth to remember and know who all of these people were. Now, here's the bowl game of the century. Vanderbilt, (laughs) who's terrible, but their AD obviously rewards their football players for being the outstanding academics that they are to get into that fine academic institution. They get to travel to Hawaii for the first week of the season for a nice little vacation game. But the SEC Commodores, eight-point favorites on the road against the Warriors of Hawaii, feels like this might be a trap game for Vanderbilt.
2: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't feel good about betting either team, and which is why I'm just gonna go the the over fifty three and a half because it's super fun to watch this last game of the night. It gets over with at like twelve thirty a. m. and just root for stuff to happen.
0: It's a fourteen hour flight from Nashville to Hawaii, so yeah, I, you might be onto something there. Just hammer the over, and just. The, we, just root for stuff to happen. Just root for craziness, chaos, <laughs> the yep, agents yep. of chaos. Speaking of other far flights to go play a college football game, I, no, we'll finish with that one. Sorry, I forgot about the one that's just down the road in Champaign as the Cowboys of Wyoming, the fighting Craig Bulls, traveled to Champaign for Brett Bielema and the fighting Illini. Another one to pay attention to, it's just Big Ten. Big Ten, the you know, local teams, lots of Illinois fans here in our area. Illinois, a ten and a half point favorite over the Cowboys. Are is Illinois back? Is your Badger former Badger head coach Brad Bielema is he going to bring the bring him back to um, Shambana? No, well, he
2: he kind of kind of belongs to all of us, right? He's Illinois you know, coach, he's, coached he's, at Wisconsin. He's, he's got the Iowa tattoo. He yeah, has all the connections here. Um, uh, I I and he's
0: big enough to belong to all of us. I I can say that because we're about the same size.
2: Um, Yeah, I'll I'll take Illinois and minus the 10 and a half. I just, uh, Illinois was four and five last year. I think uh, Wyoming two and six, I had them at. So I just think it's Big Ten versus, you know, Big Big Ten. Any Big Ten team should dominate this game. I feel like it should be easily a two-score game.
0: Yeah, I don't trust the quarterback situation in illinois so i think they're gonna win but that 10 and a half especially that hook of half a point that scares me yeah, fair. so all i right. think i'm going illinois money line if i was gonna put any money down on this one just go to the money line see what happens
2: all right i won't argue with that but i'll i'll, I'll risk the points i guess all right
0: that's hey. That's why they call it gambling. Again, we are not actually gambling on any of these games. We're just talking about the lines. You make your own decisions if you're so inclined to put some dollars down. This is the big one if you're a Big Ten West fan. Um, lots of people in the world hate Nebraska. I'm one of them. Uh, lots of people in this world hate Northwestern. I'm one of them. Cause it seems like Northwestern has broken my heart in even years as a Hawkeye fan for so long. I, I want to say Pat Fitzgerald is like nine averages, nine or more wins in even years. So 2012, 2014, you know, the list goes on where here we are in 2022. The wildcats have arguably the best offensive lineman in all of college football this year. And uh, Skaransky, their left tackle, Nebraska, They're leading the nation in puking offensive linemen. Uh, Scott Frost, I don't know if they'll let him back on the plane if Northwestern boat races them over in Ireland. But Nebraska, one victory in the Big Ten last year. Quarterback transfers out. Bunch of defenders move on. Yet, here they are, 13-point favorites over Northwestern and Vegas or the, the odds makers have them as the second most likely team to win the big 12, big 10 West. Are we, are the Huskers back? Are we supposed to buy into the big red machine?
2: Uh, I, I guess uh, my answer would be no, because my pick for this would be Northwestern. <laughs> That's at, what I'm talking uh, about. I'm in the same
0: boat. I had the exact same thing. Northwestern on the money line. and This is just gonna... feels
2: right. Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitz, Fitzgerald, uh, Dublin. Uh, just I don't know. Yeah, I, you, can't, I, I you just... can't.
0: You cannot bet against an Irish Catholic from Chicago <laughs> in Ireland. There's just no way.
2: No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And and you talked about how. Um, uh, just how good of a job he's done there, but it just—it feels like every one of Northwestern's wins has spoiled some some other team's season, and right. and I just think they'll they'll get that they'll get that started early this year and kind of spoil the Nebraska season before it even starts, really.
0: Clear eyes, full pints of Guinness, can't lose. <laughs> Northwestern over the Huskers in Ireland, and that's gonna do it for our gambling lines for our gambling segment. Would you tie all these into a parlay, like every pick you had? Would you just throw them all together and see what happens? Um, I like the round robins. I like it when you can get the the round robin value. You know, throw like a two dollar bet on a on a three way part, a three way round robin, just see what happens. Especially on this first week of the season, the first two weeks of the season. Here's my strategy: you just pick the favorites and just put them in a round robin. Put fifty bucks down, like a dollar bet, fifty dollar fifty bet round robins at your sports book of choice, and just see if you can build your bankroll for the season. That that's my week one strategy. I wouldn't do it this week. I would wait till next week when all the big dogs are playing. Uh, but just treat it like a treat it like a like an insurance game. You're probably yep. going to win more than you're going to lose when you do that.
2: No, yep. no. Yep. Um, yeah, just uh, I, I think I, I'd find a way to to work in the that that Hawaii Vandy over instead of um, instead of having to, to pick up team there or whatever. But otherwise, I'd like Illinois, Northwestern, and then however else you want to work it um, for for maybe a three team or something.
0: And stay away from North Texas, UTEP in a parlay. That's just the, that's just the yeah. recipe for disaster. I think.
2: Yeah. Yep, definitely. That's just you might as well. With with it being um, almost a push, you just just bet on it straight up. If if anything,
0: we did it. First episode in the books, Ryan. We're officially podcasters now. Yes, we are. We've been talking about this for a while. We finally were able to make it happen.
2: Yep.
0: And uh, it's it's always kind of fun to get out of you know where we usually see each other which is in the press box and texting like hey who, who's who did that you're starting because you're usually sitting down like at the scorers table and i'm up mm-hmm. in the rafters or whatever and i can send you a text message be like hey well, who, who is that who are they putting in what's the what's the scoop trying to get all that so you're always a great resource for us play-by-play guys mm-hmm. in that regard and oh, uh, it's i try you do the Lord's work for, for the, for, for, for sports journalism because man, you guys are everywhere and there's never a night off, and I know that because I used to do it and. I think if I was still doing it, I don't know that I'd still be married because it's tough. It is tough hours and craziness. So I appreciate what you guys do. And looking forward to getting our friend Koss on here in a couple weeks. I think he's going to be able to make it on. We're going to have my partner, broadcast partner, Ben Nitzel on for some episodes. So it's not just going to be our two voices. And a big thank you to Scott Unash with uh, CRM Live Sports in Cedar Rapids. He's right now in a press box calling the Iowa City West game uh and then tonight he'll be at the cedar rapids jefferson cedar rapids uh prairie game which is which will be fun for him so thanks a lot scott for for joining us you got anything else before we sign
2: off um for me um we kind of skipped over the uh like our college section um so so, so there wasn't any football games or whatever, so just, uh just happened to read, see, uh, look up tonight. Muscatine Sophia Thomas is seeing a bunch of time for the women's soccer team at Iowa State, so just a little bit of a shout-out there. Oh, that's great. Played yeah. over yeah. half the game in their opener. They lost 2-1 in the opener. Bunch played 46 minutes, and um, the game, I actually watched a little bit of the game tonight. I found it on Hulu. Um, put a couple of shots on, uh, not on goal. They went high, but, uh, but yeah, looking forward to exciting to see a kid that is just a freshman yet playing first couple games and seeing quite a bit of time.
0: That's great. Yeah, Sophia, standout athlete, multiple sport athlete, played basketball, played soccer, even played football last year for the Muskies, kicked extra points and field goals for the Muskies. Great to see her moving on and and doing some big things. Also, I got to plug this. If you have HBO and you're watching Hard Knocks, he hasn't been on yet. But those athletes who complete the strength and conditioning program there for the Detroit Lions, that program is led by Muscatine's own Josh Schuler. He's a class of 2002 graduate of Muscatine High School, and he is the head strength and conditioning coach for the Detroit Lions. So great to see another Muskie doing big things on the biggest stage for the Detroit Lions in the NFL. So it's fun to see those guys. I'm watching that. I'm like, man, Josh is working with these guys every single day. What a thrill that must be.
2: Yep. Um uh Duncan Snyder, another Musketeen kid that's been up to good things.
0: That's a cool story. So he was pl- he was playing for uh was a semi-pro
2: league in Wisconsin? Yep, and, and just kind of got pulled. Like, this was I understood he's kind of working a normal job, but thought he'd do it one last shot, and now he's signed a pro contract.
0: Yeah, with the San Diego Padres, he's he's in single A, high A ball right now with San Diego. Uh, but one of their teams is in the Midwest League. I, I read that he's there. He might get optioned there, so we may be able to see him close by in a few mm-hmm. months in a few weeks. No, and then. The big the big news for Muscatine High School baseball, Nick Zubzande, the new hire, he's back.
2: Yeah, um, had a ton of success. I know you know that ton of success around the area. Uh, MCC um, been with been with the uh, Muskies before. I think um, just just really great hire, and I know a lot of people uh, around the area are really excited to see where the program can go. Grant Keeper did an excellent job to to kind of rebuild that program and and uh, really kind of establish a, a winning culture there. They had a tough season this past season, but, um, but really excited to see if the new coach can, can uh, further that along.
0: Well, I, there was a movie several years ago with Sean Astin in it called "The Final Season," which was about the town of Norway, Iowa, and their final run as a as a standalone baseball program before consolidating. Um, just a storied baseball town uh, that just it, it's something of legends. Well, Nick is from that town. He played for Norway, mm-hmm. uh, and then. I was fortunate to be one of the kids in Muscatine who got to play for him, and it's it's exciting. And, and I'm not trying to wax nostalgic as someone who thinks there's this mythological figure who's walking through the clubhouse at Tom Bruner Field. Uh, the guy just knows a lot about baseball, and he's it's been a scout at the pro level. He's been a Division One pitching coach. Uh, I think the biggest thing is is – It's someone that a lot of the parents in this town are familiar with, and many of us played for him. And so they know what the expectations are going to be. Um, And it's not going to be a magic pill, but like you mentioned, Coach Piepert moved the needle, and now I think there's somebody who can help continue to move that needle and maybe put it into warp speed a little bit depending on because oh. strategically i mean there's no smarter baseball person in ta- in the state of Iowa than Nick Zubzadeh.
2: Yep um uh, yep. I've heard the um, same or similar from from multiple other people uh I you know, saw him a little bit um, this past season when, when CCA came to Muscatine. But uh, so I, I have a limit, limited um, experience um, being relatively new here. I've been out been a few years now here, but um don't have a ton of experience with him. Don't remember um, him being around at MCC or anything. But but yeah, like I said, a lot of a lot of people are really excited about the player.
0: Yeah, and there's some really cool youth, youth action coming on with Muskie Baseball. I think we had... Several U-Triple-S-A teams finish in the top three in their division at state tournaments. So there's some some talent coming through the youth ranks as well, which we have seen that on the softball side, and now we're seeing it kind of work its way back over. And probably the biggest story of the area, though, the last couple weeks has been the Davenport Little League team playing in the Little League World Series. How fun is it to watch kids from our area compete? That is my favorite sporting event every year. I, I love the Little League World Series. It's I, I can watch that all day long.
2: Yeah, that's just it's a super exciting uh, event um, and it's great. I, I know I caught some of the game uh, one time might've been during the delay, but they had, uh, uh, some of the Baltimore Orioles out there on cart cardboard, doing uh, the sliding down the hill or whatever. And so all all that's great. Just the way, um, the way everybody throws all their enthusiasm behind an event like that. It's just, just, uh, great for the kids and great for everybody. Well,
0: that's going to do it for us. Thanks again. Remember to like, and subscribe to the podcast, rate, (laughs) review it, give us your thoughts, give us your feedback. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, Subscribing to the Sports Five Six Three podcast, and we'll be back next week with more. We'll see you at the see you at the community stadium tonight, Ryan, yep, for some Muskie yep. football. Yep,
2: I shall be there, and uh, hopefully, um, hopefully a little closer game than last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what we're all hoping for. I think the, I think the Muskies will surprise some people this year. We'll talk about it yep. more next week. Thanks, Ryan.
1: Yep. Thank Bye. you. Bye, everybody. Recording stop.